So we really appreciated uh, what Chad shared, and he dealt with a lot of very practical homesteading uh, ideas, principles. We're going to be focusing primarily on what happens in relationships, and this is why the title Homestead Harmony, are we living harmoniously as couples? Uh, I realize it could be a single person, but we're going to be in the context of marriage and family, or did we get off to the wrong start, or maybe we got on the right track, but our relationship is getting off track. Right. So we want to begin with prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. We all need his work in our hearts so that we can understand uh, more his will for our lives. So if you'll bow your heads with us, we will invite God's presence. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that no matter where we come from or who we are or where we are, you have promised to be there with us. You have promised to give wisdom and understanding. You've promised to heal broken relationships. You've promised so many things, Lord. And today, not just in this workshop, but all across this campus, um, we are inviting your presence to be in the hearts of all of us, to gain the wisdom and the understanding you would have us to, to know so that we can fully, more completely, represent the great God you are. And we pray for that spirit in all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, obviously, we could be people that are already homesteading. Is it harmonious, or are we running into issues, or we may be first-timers that are just saying, you know, I think God is asking me to do something different. I believe in the country living message, and, you know, what does God want me to do? That's right. So it doesn't matter where we are in this, on, if we're just thinking about moving or if we're already there, there are some things we all need to focus on in order to make our life in the setting we are most beneficial, most useful, and most harmonious, Right? Some people have the attitude that when I get to the country, then I will be. Then we will be. And we fill in those blanks with all kinds of things. Then I'll be a good mom. Then we will know we'll be a better family. Then we'll be happier as a couple. When we move, we, take, we can leave everything behind. But if we take ourselves, we are going to be the same. So it, we're looking at this topic from where we are today. How many of you are actually in the country setting? Can we just see your hands? Okay, about half. And how many of you are desirous of being in the country? Okay, that's the other half. So the focus today is to be the best we are where we are and then be open on how God leads us and how that works. So do you have a dream? Did you have a dream, depending on whether you're there or you want to be there? Because many times, what we find as we do a lot of marriage counseling in our ministry is that people don't have mutuality. They are not connected. Maybe one person has this real desire, uh, thinking of one couple. She just desperately wanted to be in the country. She wanted to have her children in the country. She really wasn't on board together with her husband it became a situation where she begged, she pleaded, they finally made the move. They were both professionals, they, weren't, they didn't count the cost. What ended up happening, they got, you know, they got their chickens and they got a few animals, to, the children wanted them, but their marriage started drifting. Yes, so I don't know how many of you, when you planned to come to this uh, workshop today, actually looked on the website and printed off, or at least you can go on your phone and see our outline, you would notice that it is quite blank. And the reason why that is, is because we know that if we wrote everything out for you, you wouldn't listen as attentively, you would read over the top of it and leave, but if you have to write it in and fill it in, as you hear and you write it, you will retain it. And that's important because we are going to be saturated over the next few days. There are dozens of workshops, more than 23 workshops every day. Now, we can't go to all of them. We can pick one out of seven maybe in this session, right? 
but there's going to be so much valuable, helpful, motivating information. How do we retain it all? This is one of the things that we do in our home to make it simple. This is how I learn to. So this is a, a worksheet. If you don't, didn't print it off, you can take notes. So the first thing he said was, did you have a dream, a vision for what it was going to be? That's individual. If you're married, did your spouse have a vision or a dream of what he thought or she thought your new life would look like? And third question is, so these are just simply yes or no questions. The third question is, if you both had a vision, a dream, how you, in, how you thought life was going to be when you got to this beautiful country setting, did you share that between the two of you? Like you said, this couple, she had the dream. He wasn't dreaming this. She had the passion. It was not his passion. They moved, and then their life got complicated and chaotic, uh, and a, a catastrophe nearly cost them their marriage. So that is not the purpose of country living. And in fact, I just talked to this person recently, and she said, you know what, Elaine, when I called you because things aren't going good in our home, you said to me, your marriage is ahead of your, where you live, where you live in the country. Marriage has a higher priority under God than where our house sits in our location. So this is important to remember. We, not that we don't want to move into the country, but we want to be in the country or move to the country or homestead harmoniously, right? We want to have the same vision. When I was a child growing up in suburbia, I longed to live in the country. I always wished I could live in the country. I had the idyllic home picked out, what it was going to look like, how the gardens were going to be. This was my dream from childhood. My husband grew up on a farm. So I was just in the country. So I didn't have the same dream, the same understanding. But we needed to talk about it because when I saw the, or heard the dream that she had, it just didn't seem practical, realistic, and it's not going to happen that easily. So this is one of the things that we focus on is if you're not communicating, and I hate to say this, but it's true. We've met many, many couples and families over the years that one of the motivations for them to move is life is not working out where they are. That's not a good motivation to move. Our focus is going to be that life needs to be coming together harmoniously where we are, working through the things we need to work through before we try to uproot ourselves and hope it'll be better on the other yeah. end. So if we're in the country, we want to work there. If we're still in suburbia, we want to work there, right? Because we want to move forward as a team. Now, with this concept of country living, before we got married, and Chad mentioned, Chad Cruiser mentioned this little book called Country Living, little pamphlet book, it's green, it used to be green back in the day. We were both on the same page. He grew up in the country, I wanted to be in the country. When we get married, we're going to live in the country because that was our desire. We looked, we hunted, we researched, we did everything, but we're also medical professionals. That meant we had to live within a certain distance of our employer, the big hospital, which is in the city. And so we could not find a country property. So then, you know, you're getting married. The time is ticking down. We found a little place. We rented for a while. And then we got caught up in the life. And then we moved closer to the hospital because it was more convenient for both of us. And, you know, life started moving ahead of us. And somehow the busyness of life overtook the initial passion and desire God planted in our hearts to where he wanted us to live, especially to raise a family. Yeah, so wherever you find yourself in this situation, the most important thing, and Chad mentioned this at the very beginning, and we're gonna emphasize this, we need our relationship and connection with God that is a real, vital connection. It is not a ritual. It is not just going through the motions. It is to be still morning by mo morning and know that he is God. When we know that he is God 
and we're willing to surrender ourselves that he can be our God today, life gets more harmonious. Now, it might, there might be more trials. There might be more hard things that we go through. But if we're making that connection individually and then making that connection with each other, we are going to make more harmonious decisions. And that's the, the focus we're going to keep coming back to. So for us, there was a catalyst. We call it a catalyst that took place because we have a whole series on country living, which we can't consolidate into this, you know, 45-minute session. But one Friday night, in the busyness of our jobs, working as medical professionals, one Friday night, and I called it a rare Friday night. It was an evening together down by the fireplace with our two little Two little girls at the time. We have three children now, but this is two little girls in their little footy pajamas. I see the picture so beautifully. And I said to my wife, what is the most important thing you can accomplish in this life? And unlike me, who's always quick with an answer, I, I paused and I reflected over that evening. It was peaceful that was rare in our home it was joy that was rare in our home not that we weren't happy people but we were so busy living life just like you are so busy living life trying to get so much done there was contention between the two girls often in the home there was bickering there was you know, strive a little bit. There was complaining about what mommy asked them to do. This is what I mean by it wasn't a peaceful home necessarily. But that evening, it was like it was, a, we were in a different place that night. The entire evening was peaceful. It was happy. It was restful. And that's what I reflected on when he asked me that question. And out of my mouth came these words. To see our children our little girls in the kingdom of god and to see the crown of life placed on their head that is what came out of my mouth that shocked me because that was not the channel my brain was on because i was already finishing up my bachelor's i just finished my bachelor's in nursing i was going for my master's and special certifications because my kids are going to be in school pretty soon not a couple years and i'll have more time to dedicate to my field that night, those words came out. And it was a shock to me <laughs> because I knew the career path that she was on. I knew the career path that I was on. We had our first child earlier than our plan. We had a five-year plan. We got our child way ahead of that plan. <laughs> but it was God. It was God working. And it, we're, we're very thankful. But that night when I heard those words come, come out of her mouth, then I said, then something's got to change. And that something is us. And that night, we knelt down together. We put our two little girls between us in front of the fireplace. I will never forget this. We knelt there and we prayed. I prayed a prayer to the Lord. I said, I am willing to do anything. I am willing to do whatever you ask me to do. I am willing to give up whatever you want me to give up. I am willing to go anywhere you want me to go to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and see the children receive the crown of life. I wish you could have been a part of that evening because it was so different and yet it was so rich and real. And from that night, our lives began to change. And I am just thankful that God does not show us the whole picture of our lives. But that was the beginning of an amazing journey that we went on from that night forward. Interesting, one of the first things that came back to both of our minds was, we are in the wrong place. We started off with good intentions. 
Our hearts were good. We started off with conviction, but here we are. We said when we had children, we would live in the country. There's for a reason. Because we're told in inspiration it's 10 times easier, or maybe it's 10 times harder in the city to raise them. That means it's 10 times easier in a rural, natural, country-like setting. We need all the help we can get, friends. That doesn't mean it's an easier life. That's right. Okay? Sometimes people will say to us, especially when we were making this transition, so how do you call this a simple life? (laughs) You know? Today, you know, using today, because this was many years ago. 37 years ago. 37 years ago that this was happening. Today, we'd say it's simple just to get DoorDash, right? (laughs) You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Have your food (laughs) delivered. Have somebody come clean your house. Work from home. How much more simple can you get? (laughs) But the simplicity that God is talking about and the simplicity of drawing our family together You know, today, many, many of us are in a position where we are run by life. And life is running over us. Life is just business as usual, and it's marriage as usual, it's family as usual, it is parenting as usual, and life and circumstances are controlling us instead of allowing God to control us and our circumstances, it's in the reverse. Our farming's controlling us, or our yes. occupation, whatever it is. You know, I want to back up just a tad. We should never move to the country because of fear. We need to move because we're being faithful, and there is a vast difference there. Many move to the country because what is coming We need to be faithful to follow God's leading. And Chad said it very clearly. God has a place and a plan for every one of us and his timing. We weren't quite ready for that when we got married like we thought we were because we read about it. But God orchestrates life and circumstances and crosses our paths with things that becomes undoubting that we don't need to question God. He is leading us. So about the same time of that Friday night, we learned about homeschooling. That was a crazy idea 37 years ago. There were only four states in the United States. Now this will sound like another century, but this was in our situation 37 years ago. There were four states in the United States of America where it was legal to homeschool. Four states. And when God put this, this idea into our, into our hearts, which, you know, very quickly you can tell how that little idea came. <laughs> I was listening to Moody Bible Radio Station, and they had this uh, presentation about homeschooling. And I thought it was so absurd that when my husband came home, I told him all about it. Can you imagine a parent thinking they're going to educate their child? <laughs> he thought it was a great idea. I thought, wait a minute. Really? She says, I'm a nurse. I'm not a teacher. I said, hey, it sounds like a great idea. And, and, then, and then to reinforce that. To reinforce that, one of my very good friends uh, lived right by the Christian grade school, right? That's where, where we were planning to send our that's children. That's where our kids are going, right? Because we want them to have a Christian education. Because we're not in the country, so we're going to give them the best we got. And, of course, people weren't homeschooling or educating their own children at home. And one morning, just as school began for the year, she happened to pass two first graders. That's about six years old, right? Two first graders, two little girls walking to school. This is 37 years ago, friends. And she greets them. Good morning, girls. When, I mean, isn't that normal, nice, uh, friendly, you know? They wouldn't even look at her. They never even spoke to her. They looked at each other and said, if it's anything I can't stand as a cheery broad in the morning. 37 years ago, this is what's coming out of a six-year-old's mouth. She shares this with me. I hear about homeschooling. Now we have this Friday night experience. bam, bam, bam. God is waking us up. God has circumstances to wake us all up, whether we're already in the country or we want to be in the country, Right? And those three things happened so quick in succession that our lives were being shaken and rocked. 
And I, I responded to my wife when she said, but honey, I'm a nurse. I'm trained to be a nurse. I'm not a teacher. And I said, you know, sometimes you look back and it's like, that was a God thing. I said to her, but honey, I have every confidence in the world that you can teach kindergarten. <laughs> and she looked at me and she broke into this big smile. I said, we'll take it one year at a time. You only have to teach kindergarten. She said, I think I can do that. <laughs> and that's how we started in the short story, because yeah. we'll talk about homeschooling yeah. in another one of our yes, sessions. But that launched us off into being serious about where God wants us. And the thing we recognize that, that when God spoke through him that night, then something's got to change that something's us. We recognize we can't wait until we get somewhere to be different. We have to be, learn to be who God wants us to be, where we are in the present, right? And so we started evaluating our lives from that night. We started recognizing we don't, we're Christians, but we don't have time for God because we're busy people. We do his work. No, we need a time with God every day. We need to be time to pray and to be in his word. That was the first thing. We need to learn to be consistent. This needs to take a higher priority. We needed to learn to treat each other nice in the home. Oh, I love this guy. He loves me. But you know what? Sometimes we're the meanest, ugliest, and most cruel to those we love the most. Think about your own situation. We had to learn how to be Christ-like. And when we talk about the homestead and the mission, the mission of the home is ahead of the mission for the world. Amen. This is something else we have gotten backwards in Christian circles. We want to have a mission field out there, and that's important. But unless we recognize the mission field in our family, we are unprepared to give the true mission, the complete gospel out there. Because inspiration tells us one well-ordered, well-disciplined, Christ-centered family says more in behalf of the gospel than all the sermons that can be preached. That's pretty powerful. And we needed to learn that there, and we began an just course. It was a 10-month process for us. Because what we did is we put our house on the market shortly. We didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do, or how we were going to get there. But by faith, that's what we did. And I'm going to back up now just a moment because we're trying to jam so much stuff into this time that's a little difficult. But it's okay. So Amos 3.3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two people in a marriage who love each other walk together about where God wants to take us as now God is, he's moving us, he's shaking us up. And it was, it was, a, it was a beautiful experience actually, but it was a bit scary. Like where do we go from here? We're living in the suburbs of Chicago, working at this big hospital. But we started, we were driven to God's word. And I praise God for that. So we started talking about what does it mean to, to walk together? What does it mean to come to an agreement? Because if God's shaking us up and moving us, we need to be in agreement with God, and we need to be in agreement with each other. Amen. And then we've got this promise that has been a precious promise for us through this beginning of this process and through many, many years and through other moves that we've made over the years. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you shall go, and I will guide you with my eye, says the Lord. Is that good news? That is a promise that is alive today and is one that we need. We began to claim that promise by faith, and God began to instruct us and teach us in ways we could never have imagined. The second promise that, that we claimed and have claimed for many years is Isaiah 42, 16. It says, I will bring the blind, because we're all blind, friends. We don't even realize it. That's the Laodicean problem. But 
He said, I will bring the blind by a way they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make the darkness light before them and the crooked way straight. This will I do and not forsake them, saith the Lord. I get chills down my spine because that's what God wanted to do for us and that's what God wants to do for every person. Whether you're in the country and you're experiencing a bit of confusion and catastrophe, whether you want to be in the country, God wants to instruct each of us and teach us in the way that we should go mm -hmm. presently Amen. and guide us with his eye. So how do we find that harmony in, in the relationship, right? Because we need to be on the same page. Is that a fair statement? Otherwise, we are complicating our lives, and we find it is not going to be rewarding and it's fulfilling because we do not have harmony between us. So how do we find that? We have three things we want to share with you today in the context of our own journey, and we're going to be kind of weaving this in and out. But the first thing I want to talk about is listening to understand. I had my perspective, my vision. This is what I see. This is what I want. This is where I want to live. Do you hear the message? He might have a different vision, a different dream, a different perspective and what he wants. So we have to hear each other out. Because likely, where God wants us is neither of the places that we both think is the perfect place that I see are the perfect place that he sees. God wants to bring our, our dreams and visions together to help create the environment that he knows we need to be placed in for our character, for our development, to grow our love, to grow our dependence on him, our love for him, our love in the marriage, our love in the family. So listening to understand, that means we don't interrupt, that means we get clarification before we jump to conclusions, and so many things. One other aspect of that that's so important, and I say this because it was so important for me, and I'm not saying that men need this more than women, but I'm going to say that I needed it more than my wife, okay? <laughs> that means, very simply, the agenda for each of us is to listen, to understand, instead of listening to respond. Whether you realize it or not, and it took me time to figure this out, I was listening enough to get a response back. And if I thought I got enough, I could even interrupt her because you don't need to say another word. I already know what you're thinking. Does that sound like self? You can say amen. <laughs> we all have self. We're all in the same boat here. We all need a savior, right? That is self. And that is not listening to understand. It is listening to get enough information to respond to what I think needs to be happening in this conversation. That is self. Big time, okay? When we make the commitment to listen to actually understand this person, we don't have to worry about interrupting. We don't have to worry about, but, 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 I want to say this. <laughs> and I want to say it now. When we feel that inside of us, it's time to be quiet by the Spirit of God. <laughs> and it's time to listen. And when we listen, to understand our communication will be amazing. When we listen just enough to tell them what we want them to know, we have confusion. There's no mutuality. There's no harmony in the vision. And, and the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And when you have two separate visions that you're arguing over or fighting over or I want my way over, this is not harmonious vision. That's right. I'll give you an example. Uh, so we're, tr we're trying to prepare to make this move, right? By faith, we put our house on the market. It was a hot market back there in the 80s in that area of 
uh, western suburbs of Chicago. Our house, average house in the market, seven to 10 days. Our house sent month after month after month after month and nothing, because we weren't ready. We thought we were because we had a passion and, and we felt like we got the big nudge from God, but we weren't ready. But one of the things God showed us is that we have to become different where we are. That means we have to look at how we spend our money where we are. Well, I like to shop. I was a recreational shopper and always did very good because I got deals. But he would say not Sometimes every Sometimes deals we didn't need. Yeah, there you go. And I can remember him coming home from work one day and he said, um, you know, I was in this leadership meeting and they had this guy come in and say, you need to be tucking away so much per pay period because that is, that's prudent, fine, you know, prudent money management. He told me that and I said, no way. We bought this, our first home, on two full-time salaries. Eight months later, we're having a baby. I'm out of the workforce full-time. I'm only part, very part-time. And we are on the bottom of what we can afford. We have made every penny stretch as far as you can stretch a penny. And there's no way we can save any more money. I was insulted. And I said, well, the guy told, told us that if you can't save $25 a pay period, you are in financial trouble. She didn't like that. But that's what the guy told me. <laughs> but, you know, learning to listen, it, it, it crossed me, right? Because I was, I was trying to balance the checkbook every month. And, you know, we didn't want to have debt and go in the hole other than our mortgage payment. And so, okay, listen, listen, listen. And we got down on our knees and we prayed about this. We took this challenge. This was actually a little bit of time before that yes. Friday night. And we began to do that every pay period. And that was the seed money that started us. In our journey to Montana from the suburbs of Chicago. So it's, it's an amazing story, but it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's. So we hit, we hit homeschool, we hit the fine. Every part of our lives, was, God was adjusting where we were presently. Because he wants to make us, our life in the new place as easy on us as possible. It doesn't mean everything's going to go well because you're going to find a whole new set of trials and circumstances and situations you have never, ever thought of encountering once you make that move. We learned to live in the suburbs of Chicago on such little money by faith, by agreement, mutuality, that when we went to Montana, we only had 300. We sold our house after 10 months. That's a whole other story, but... We only had $300 a month to live on. Now, you can't... 1987. That's 1987. Can, can, you, you can't imagine that today, but even back then it was hard to live on $300 a month. But we had learned to live on less, way less than we thought we are. And this is not about trying to get you to uh, go into a poverty mode, okay? But this is how God led us. You think you can't tighten your belt? If God is in it, he can help you tighten your belt, and you'll have a better marriage in the process. You'll have a better family. You'll learn how to be industrious. you learn how to dig a little deeper. Oh, that's digging deeper, right? That's right. You will learn through that experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything. In the first year we were there in Montana, I felt impressed to journal. I've never journaled a day of my life before we moved to Montana, and I've never journaled a day of my life since that year ended. But through that one year, I was so amazed at how God, what, why he had me journal. Not her, me. I didn't journal, but I felt so impressed to do it, and within days, I saw the fruit of it because I can't tell you how many, unless we had, you know, we could sit on the beach somewhere for, for days, but <laughs> how many trials we went through where I would write in the journal, Lord, here we are again. I don't know how you can do this. I don't know what you, you, ha you say you have a thousand ways that we know not of. I just need one of them, Lord. And I'd write that in there. I'd write what we were going through, and we need this in three days. I have that journal. It's treasure to us now. Because page after page 
of what God did. And you know, that is something we don't do enough of, and that is to look back to how God has led us. Amen. We just look back on how bad things have been and how bleak the future looks, but I tell you, day after day, night after night, the children would go to, go to bed because we moved to Montana. We had a third child, three yeah. months old when we moved. And we would sit alone at night, talking to the Lord and looking at how God had led us last week and the week before and the month before and it gave us courage to go forward yeah so finding harmony we talked about the we talked about three ways we're going to share with you first one is listening to understand secondly really put yourself in god's word and find those principles those principles are alive they're for all of us they're not exclusive they don't fit with if you have children or don't have children these are principles that apply to all of us and the promises are for all of us. And we need to bathe ourselves in his word. Let it become a part of us. Because that is what he's going to use to guide us in our journey ahead. All the way to the kingdom of his kingdom, right? We're our final home, our true country property, right? That's exciting. And so you just talked about some of the trials we hit. Remember my beautiful vision, everything's going to be perfect. We're going to have this gorgeous garden and these lovely flowers and a white picket fence. And, you know, just look at some of the old pictures uh, from magazines way back when, you know, the nostalgic look. Well, we weren't even there a week. We are living in a fifth-wheel trailer in the mountains of Montana. We are living without power. We have no communication at all. This is pre-cell phone days. Our communication was letter writing. We moved away from family, friends, everybody we knew, everything we knew, our careers that we knew, everything was different in our lives. And it was scary, but we were excited. We were young, and we thought, you know, God is in this. And he, it really was so, such a drastic change that we hung on that, that rope by raw faith many times. Early, one, or in the middle of the night, the first week there in this trailer. It's cold in the mountains of Montana, by the way. When you move in October, I mean, yeah, Chicago's, a little, Chicago's a little cold trailer. enough. But there's no heat. There's no, you know, you have to, battery-powered lights. They don't last long. I get up in the middle of the night to feed our three-month-old. I'm sitting right next, you've been in RVs, right? There's these little gas stoves. There's eyes looking at me from that stove. A little critter had crawled out from under the grate looking at me. And I was freaked out. That was a mouse. I My wife has a real aversion like to mice. mice. <laughs> I am a city girl. We don't have mice, especially in the house. Never growing up. I screamed. He flies out of bed like something terrible was happening. I said, it sounded like something terrible was happening. <laughs> probably woke up my kids too. Of course, that was the end of my poor son starts crying. That was scary. I have to live like this? That, hey, that was not in my vision, I tell you what. Remember that little cute house and all this stuff? No, that wasn't in my vision. So that, was, that happened repetitively, and his assignment was to find every possible entry into that trailer and to seal it off. And he was faithful. He is under there. Oh, there's a crack here. I tell you, those things almost can be flat to get through. But that was one. And then, uh, not long after, we have no water. The, the pipes are frozen. It was cold, 34 degrees inside that trailer. Remember, we're, we're gonna have no conventional power. We have a generator. But it's not running all night. You know, you just pile the covers on. You talk about such a drastic lifestyle change. It's not that way for everybody, by the way. So we're not trying to scare people no, away. No, but the reality the of it is, no matter how realistic your vision is, it is not going to be what you think. Because it's what we need according to what God knows to do in our characters. And these were areas that God was taking me out of my comfort zone. And so the next thing we had to do is he had to build a, shell, a sh, kind of a 
a shed that pushed up against the trailer, sided on three sides, open on the other side, just a frame, open the windows in that, in the trailer, put a wood burner in the shed so that we have passive heat coming in there. Because we haven't even hit winter. Winter starts in November, December. This is just a tease in Montana, but we're in the mountains. I tell you, winter started early and winters lasted long. So that was another thing. So I, I want to just stop for a moment, pause here, because it is so important if we're going to find harmony that in this area, there were three things that became, uh, shall I say, classically avoided in our communication in our marriage because those three things we had learned, if we bring those up, it does not end well. So, we never had a, you know, we never made a decision that we won't talk about these things. We just both learned to, to avoid them. And I tell you, we've been, been doing marriage counseling for over 30 years, and we see this over and over and over again. But if we're going to have harmony where we are, we must learn how to communicate about everything. There is nothing we can't talk to God about. And there's nothing that we should not be able to talk about each other with each other if we are in Christ Jesus. Do you agree with that? Intellectually, at least, okay? And so we made a commitment, which is a practical illustration of God's word and the principles. We said there's no reason except self, and self is no reason to keep us from the kingdom of God. It's always trying right? Self is always wanting to rise up in us. There's no reason God wants us to be able to communicate about these things. We want to be able to communicate about them. There's no reason except our own unwillingness to give up my way for God's way. So we made a, a, a pact together, a commitment as a husband and wife. And this can be for any relationship, but it tends to fit more for husband and wives that we are going to address these things one at a time. We'll take the easiest one first. <laughs> we were quite brave. <laughs> I mean, but, but it's, it works good that way, okay? But we are going to listen with understanding, and we are going to give each other the opportunity to say whatever we want to say about the subject. No interruption. I said to her, you, you give me your best shot at convincing me of your way. I will listen, I will prayerfully seek to understand you, I will listen with a heart to understand, I will, that was the goal, and vice versa. And if you can't convince me, and I can't convince you, instead of arguing, because that's the next place we go, or Cold War, we go to God's word, we go to our knees, we go to the spirit of prophecy, and we find the answer because we cannot walk separated. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Agreement with God can find agreement between two people, even in marriage, okay? So we began to do this, and I want to tell you, again, the short story on this is God is amazing when we are willing to surrender self and are willing to be in the will of God and in a harmonious relationship in our marriage. This is the second step that is invaluable. You can't put a price on being able to find that harmony there. That's right. And the third step is um, start where you have agreement and re recall those things. Look, we agree on this, this, and this. We're not that far apart. God's going to help us find this agreement in this area, right? We want to start where we are. So those of you who are living in the country, these apply to you, not just those of you who want to go there. Because this is human nature. We need it everywhere. And it's easy in those settings, if you're a full-time farmer in your agriculture, that is all-consuming. You are driven by weather. You are driven by seasons. You are driven by when the sun rises and when it goes down. There are so many pressures you have 
that are in addition to the typical eight to five clock in clock out job. Not that those aren't pressured, they are because we live pressured lives. So don't think that because you live in the country and you're farming that you're living the idealistic lifestyle and that you no longer have pressures on you. The pressures can intensify. Oh yeah. So be sensitive to that. And, and what we're saying is these three steps together working every time we come into a misunderstanding or a question will help us journey through it. Can I add one other thing? Yes. It's still part, part of number three, if you're taking notes, and that is begins specifically praying about your differences. Begin to specifically ask God to help you because you don't have to say, oh, Lord, if it's your will, please help us to find understanding. It is God's will that we have understanding, that we have agreement because it says, can two walk together except we be agreed? Begin to pray specifically about the areas you disagree on. And please get this part very clear. We're not praying on the other person to change. We are praying for God to do a work in us so that we can become one. That's what marriage is about. The two shall become one, okay? One in Christ means that we can become one with each other through Christ. This is not cliche, this is practical. So pray specifically. Lord, we have struggled about this. I know I feel strongly about this. I know my wife feels strongly about this. But we feel even stronger about being in harmony. Lead us to harmony. Marriage is a give and take. Okay? And when self is willing to die, God finds a way. So the fruits of that harmony is that we, are, we do become one. We become one with God and we, we, we grow closer, like you said, one with one another. The fruit of it is when we face these challenges, instead of getting upset with each other or feeling despair and despondency or wanting to give up or run back to the Egypt as did the Israel of old, right? Oh, let's go back to Egypt. They had leaks and at least we had a place to stay and it wasn't hot and all this stuff. Instead of doing that, we can find our way through it because we are, we are holding on to God. We are holding on to one another. We're holding on to our families through the journey. And as you said, you know, that year of journaling, we could write books of the experiences God has brought us through, many hard trials, many difficult situations, but he's never forsaken us. And the fruit of that is the harmonious uh, knowing that we are in this together Amen. and that when things get tough, we help lift one another up through it. He says, honey, don't be overwhelmed. God has a way. I don't know what it's going to be, but he's got a way to bring us through this. He's got a way to deliver us from this. We're stuck on the top of the mountain in the winter on a Sabbath uh, in a snowbank, miles from civilization, dressed in church clothes because we were ignorant about mountain living. How is God going to deliver us? We started singing the song for the children because they started crying because they knew that things don't look good. They don't know how bad they are. We do. Angels are watching over me. I tell you, God did something only God can do. And somehow, that truck came up out of that ditch where the snow was up to the wind, to the door window on the passenger side that fell into that ditch. And we went to the, top, the rest of the top of that mountain plowing snow the entire way with the front well, of that Well, we know that God yeah. sent angels. Yes. I mean, that, that yeah, story's right. not on there, but uh, on our notes, but that, that is an incredible story. God can do whatever God needs to do. And we need to learn these lessons. I can tell you we never did anything that stupid again in the winter. <laughs> it was pure ignorance. God had mercy on us. But when we got back to our neighbor that afternoon after church, our neighbor who was one of these people, don't talk to me about God. When we told him what happened, he said, I'm going to tell you one thing. I've lived my whole life on this mountain. He said, your truck should have been there until April because nobody could get out of that situation. He said, I don't believe in God, but your God did something for you today. Amen. That sends chills down my spine. But we need to do what God is asking us to do today where we are. Whether we're in, a, whether we're in confusion, 
in a catastrophe, in our country setting, in our marriage, whatever it is, God wants to do something today. And the last thing we want to say before we open it up to, to, to any questions is that, and we'll use this time here at Agra as an example, there is so much to soak up here, so many potential seminars that we could all be busy all day long from beginning of the day to the end of the day, right? When are we going to have time to process with God and each other? When are we going to be able to say, this is what God's asking us to do? If you don't take time here, then make an agreement together of when you will take time. Because if you don't, here's what's going to happen. You will come away, or we will come away from this conference with all kinds of ideas, all kinds of things that we could do. We may even feel saturated. All it does is adds on more to our already busy lives. And if we do not take the time to come into harmonious mutuality in our families, in our relationship, if we do not take the time to process, Lord, what do you want me to do with this information? You don't want this to overwhelm me. You want this to make me come closer to you, to make me come closer to, to my wife, my husband, and you want the mission of my home to be more successful. I already know that, Lord. What do you want me to take away from this? And when shall we take time to process this as a family? Because we do seminars all over the world. And one of the things that can happen so easily is we get inspired, we get more ideas, we get new things to do, and then we just get further behind in real life. And we end up surviving life rather than getting on top of life by the grace of God. Having clear direction. Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have us to do? And that's the most important thing you can take away from this conference here at Adagra. Is, Lord, what do you want me to do? And how can I communicate that that's here? That's really the digging deeper, that's right? the digging. That's the digging the deepest. So we want to give you an opportunity to ask some questions. We are on a clock, so if you have questions, please put up your hand. We're happy to field those right now. And if you don't have questions, that's okay, too. That's right. Anybody, any question? Yes. We have a series uh, of... of it's called A Fresh Look at Country Living. It's on our website. You can listen to it. Uh, it's audio. Um, it's free, rionline.org, A Fresh Look at Country Living. We talk a lot about this experience. We've never actually sat down and wrote a book. We've written a couple of books, but that wasn't one of them. We have a marriage book and a homeschool book. <laughs> so not a book, but that gives a lot of the experiences. And my husband switched professions from... Uh, radiography, he was a director of a school of radiography program, to a real estate broker in the remote mountains of Montana, 50 miles from the big town. And the guy was happy to have somebody up there, kept everybody else from driving up and down. He specialized in country and rural properties. So there's a lot of ta good takeaways, as Chad shared in the last meeting, there's a lot of good takeaways about how to do that process, but not a book, but there is information. Anybody else? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely. You, you know, we know we have friends who have done that. So they they have a, their home, and then they have a, a more rural piece of property that's a small orchard. It does add complication, adds more work to you to have to commute and take care of that. But it is possible, and some people start developing the land, get the fruit trees planted, and get them started, and then they bring a house in or build a house, and then kind of things go that way. We didn't do it that way. We started with a home first because we wanted to be out of a fifth-wheel trailer. And then we added and added. And uh, Sabbath, we're going to share part of the Sabbath school. I think they're going to have some of our pictures to show you from what it looked like to where God brought it. But it is a process because it represents character development, and that is a process that we go through. Yeah. Any other questions? Get in the back. Advice for a homeschool <laughs> parent who has no homeschool experience. That's what we're going to cover tomorrow in the session, but I think it's at poolside. Uh, very briefly, don't be overwhelmed by looking at the entire future. 
pray, take it one day at a time, and simplify, simplify, simplify. There are so many things that we want to teach our children, but focus on teaching them the basics first, and that includes character development. So focus there first, all those things will be added. Okay, a hand here. Uh, once a nurse, always a nurse, you never lose that. And so I've never gone back into the profession. I practiced 12 years. And it was in, uh, valuable to us because we live very remote. So because of that training and knowledge, we didn't have to run things, run our kids to the doctors. Uh, we handled small medical emergencies, including my husband being in anaphylactic shock from uh, uh, bald hornet stings, which we never knew he was allergic. 37, 27 miles from a human being. And so that was experience, but God. That, that was a God thing. So I don't, I still say I'm a nurse because before I worked on the, the medical side of, you know, the physiology with heart, because I specialize in cardiac and respiratory. Now we work on the heart, but it's, it's the spiritual side. So that's the most important, but yeah, it's, it's been a valuable training. It's and, been so helpful. And we have a lot, just to your question, we have a lot of friends, because we know a lot of people all mm -hmm. over the world, a lot of friends who have uh, taken a, a bit of a sabbatical to raise their families and then have gone back in to, you know, practicing as physicians, gone back in uh, practicing as nurses, whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's certainly a lot of different ways. We felt a deep conviction uh, both of our mothers were at-home mothers that made a huge difference in our lives, and we made that commitment, although it cost us financially, particularly early, early in our marriage, but it was worth every mm -hmm. cent of that. And our children would tell you today, and our seven grandchildren, uh, that's a great, that's another topic too, love grandchildren, love our children, but they would tell you that, that it meant so much to them that mother was committed yeah. to being at home. And we do have friends who work very part-time, and that's possible too. In the nursing field, there's so many things you do. I know I have friends who work from home, you know, and, and they do things from home on the computer, patient counseling things on their time frame. Anyone maybe, else? One more, maybe one more. One, one yes. more, last one. It's, uh, it's rionline.org. RIonline.org, and that's our website. It has all of our media materials, and so you want to go. You want to click the button that says resources. We have a media section that's more videos and YouTube's and those kind of things. This was actually done audio. It's an entire series. I think there's four or five hours worth of things. It's not just us, but yeah, it's yeah. us. But anyway, there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of resources. There's a lot of stuff on there about homeschooling and parenting there. I think I have four or five series on parenting and one specifically targeting more homeschooling. So that those are resources. We are out of time. It's been a joy. Thank you for joining us. And we are going to be available on this campus through the week, and we look forward to getting connected. All right. Thank, thank you. Let's just pray to, to close. Leave that promise with them. Yeah, let me leave this promise, and then we'll, and then we'll close with prayer. Isaiah 41.10, such a beautiful promise. Fear not, for I am with you. Is that good news? I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. He's a very personal father. And so he will strengthen us. He will help us. He will give us what we need to do what he's asking us to do. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you. You are such a good, loving Father. What a blessing that we can call you our Father. Amen. Thank you that you are willing to adopt us as your children, that you're willing to take care of us. Lord, we need your care. We need to be more cognizant of our need not doing life on our own, doing it my way, doing it on my timetable, under my stress. But Lord, you've promised that you'll never leave us or forsake us. Help us not to run off on our own without you. I pray that you guide us, each one here, those that may be listening or watching this uh, through some other media at some point, that you would be our God that we would surrender to be your people, 
that you would lead us, guide us, instruct us, and teach us in the way that we should go in this time in Earth's history. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.